Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen, and welcome to another exciting weekend bonus episode. I'm here, my husband Daniel is here. Hello. And Wendy is here in the corner, and I don't think the mics are picking her up, but who knows? Maybe she'll get yeah. on mic and share I'm some sure things from, from her perspective. Yes. So anyway, all sorts of stuff to get to today. We have some news stories. Uh, one of which I don't want to talk about because it's super unpleasant, but we'll talk about it. Uh, we have some just mere everyone's. We have a, a whole topic that I am dreading talking. It's like dread is the theme mm-hmm. of this episode, a whole topic uh, that I'm sort of dreading talking about, but I also think I should talk about it. So we'll get into that. Um, we're going to do a weekend or week week wrap up and then also look forward to the next week and share some anecdotes. Not a week week ra- wrap up though. It's going to be it strong could, week wrap up. It might be week. No. I don't know yet. Oh, maybe. I think that's for them to decide. That's right. I also want to say welcome to any new listeners. So anyway, on the Monday episode, which will just be in a couple days by the time you hear this, uh, James Gunn is going to be the guest. He's a return guest. He was on a very early episode of my show, James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy. I love him to death. I'm so glad he was able to come on the show. And he talked about all sorts of stuff, including he revealed some stuff about Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Mm -hmm. which heretofore... Up to this point, as of yet, I could use more phrases that are just like that, <laughs> had not come out, and I was tickled pink. Yes. Are you always tickled pink? Um, I guess so. Yeah, I think you flush when you get tickled. Oh, I never really thought about mm. what that meant. Anyway, I was so happy to see that it got picked up by Uproxx, and then a bunch of other websites picked it up as well. So... Um, this podcast has gotten some attention lately for the James Gunn episode, which then when people go to listen to it, it's not there yet. So they might end up with this episode and they might be like, where's James Gunn? What's this? Who's that guy? Who is she? What's going on? But you can go back and listen to the first interview with James Gunn and uh, it's a great interview. Just click older stories, older stories, older stories on my website like a a thousand times. It's so much information about... I remember James Gunn, after he did it, he said it was like love line times a thousand. It was a ton of stuff about relationships. This episode was... uh, This one that you'll hear on Monday was much more about... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy yes. and his process and sort of some similarities thematically in the stuff that he experienced in his own life um, that you then see in the themes of yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Really, I'm always really fascinated by that. I'm fascinated by the process of taking something that you experienced. And I mean, I guess that's sort of, to me, that's kind of behind the whole, behind all of comic books mm. have this in them. It's that you take this thing that you experienced and then you exaggerate it and make it more fantastical and then it shows up on the page. Yeah, well, superhero comics for yes, sure. Yes, right. Yeah. Which Guardians of the Galaxy is one? Yeah, it Wouldn't was. You say? Yeah, it was. I think it was kind of an obscure one. I wasn't familiar with it, but uh, definitely, I, you know, James is such a nice guy and one of the things I love about his filmmaking and loved about Guardians is how much joy I think he approaches it all with. It's just, I don't know, you, you get this sense. I was thinking about how... Guardians is like, you know, where Star Wars was this really earnest space opera in a way. I mean, it was fun, obviously, but it was a a serious storytelling. Guardians was like when you were a kid and you bought the Star Wars toys. uh, Guardians was the story we told to ourselves while we were playing with the toys. 
you know, it was like, the, it was much more of a sense of Playful. joy and playfulness. Well, he actually talks about that. I don't want to step on the episode too much, but he talks about, <clears throat> excuse me, normally when you're making a movie and you're dealing with the art department and you say you want a toaster, they're like, okay, here's 30 different toasters, choose one. Whereas with Guardians of the Galaxy 2, they're in every aspect of that world. Yeah. And with one, every aspect of that world is being invented. Yeah. So it's this... Qu- Everything is a question of how does it work? What does it look like? How does it function in space, et cetera? And I asked him, is that exciting or daunting? Because to some, like to me, actually, I think that yeah. notion, because I'm, you know, I'm a writer, but I'm a journalist. So I deal in prose and in nonfiction. Right. Um, and I like to be creative within the realm of nonfiction. The idea of being completely untethered to this world, mm-hmm. that makes me. It's like there's too many options yeah. and there's too many choices. And you've seen, you know, you and I have talked about this because you've asked me why I don't write fiction because you do write fiction. Yes. Um, and I think that that's just, it's like there's too, too many options. Yeah. It's sort of, it's a similar thing I experienced. I don't know if other people experience this, but after I graduated college, I found myself profoundly unprepared for the real world. And suddenly the doors were so wide open. Mm. Um, I just mean in terms of, figuring out what to do. I mean, it's not like actually all doors were open to me by any means, but (laughs) it never is like that as much as you think that it will after you graduate from college, if you you graduate from college. But all of a sudden I was like, I can't figure this out. Do I go to this? Do I figure out what city I want to live in and then go there and find a job? Or do I let the job determine what city or do I figure out where, you know, what friends I want to live with? And then it's suddenly like there were so many options and there's sort of a similarity. The idea of, the choices being not narrowed at all. But anyway, to yeah. get back to James Gunn, he f- found it exciting and exhilarating and fun. And really yeah. it was this sense of play. I wonder if your uh, issues with writing fiction and that um, aren't tied to the way that you make decisions. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, really bad with making because decisions. Because I think writing fiction, I find it very stressful. Is, yeah. Um, you know, you have to have a sense of uh, certainty with, or, or a relative sense of certainty with the choices that you made. Like things have to feel right and then you have to just decide, you know, this is the direction you're going to go because you can't entertain every possibility. See, I'm already out. Yeah, you're Someone, already out. <laughs> I, yeah, when I worked at the OC Weekly, um, one of my editors who was, was older than I, um, older than me, older than I, older than I was. I think that yeah, I, right. anyway, um, <clears throat> sort of like a mentor figure. He said to me, the thing, Allison, is that you have to just choose. There's a thousand different ways to start a story. Just choose yeah. one and go with it because you want to explore every single one. And to this day, when I'm writing something, I still do that. I'll have yeah. like three different versions of yeah. the because I think the lead is so important. So I'll have like three different versions of the lead and I'll be kind of chipping away at each version and eventually two of them will fall away. Right. But but that, that, that works for me, though. I mean, everyone has their own process. I think you have a really good process, but I think if you were to try to approach with, writing fiction yeah. like a novel or something it would be it would just take forever potentially not a, probably you know just because it would because there's so many choices you have to make yeah yeah anyway so that's the james gunn episode so then let's look back though in looking back at the week mm-hmm. um have you noticed that people always say looking back in hindsight and it's like that's redundant you mm-hmm. could just say in hindsight or you could just say looking back right yeah because you're what is yeah like you, you, you could look go, back. in hindsight looking back it's like just take out the looking back it just makes it sound more fancy <laughs> i guess yeah it's like putting capers on your words yeah, yeah. or some or uh, a doily under your <laughs> under your word, words word cup exactly 
Yeah. Your word terrain is yeah, actually yes. what it would be. So anyway, on Monday, we had musician Michael Rosas. At this yes. point, doesn't that feel like so long ago? It was Boy, less it than sure a week does. ago. Well, but... you recorded it over a week ago. I oh, mean, yes, that's true. So that's why it feels longer. Right. Some of the episodes we record right away. For example, this one, we're recording yeah. 20 minutes before you're going to yeah, hear it. It's almost live. Exactly. <laughs> it yeah. really is yeah. almost live. Yeah. Um, and then some of them are like a week in advance. It just depends. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, we had musician Michael Rosas. He's one of my old friends. We've been friends for like 20 years. Um, he's one of my favorite musicians. And he was so good. Yeah. And his song, he played three songs live in the sound in dining room studios which is what I call the yeah. dining room where I record this show. So good. Yeah, it sounded great. Yeah. And I was uh, laying low in the back room and I could hear him singing in here. It was it was really Really neat. nice, yeah. yeah. And, and go ahead. Well, and his songs are great. I mean, I, I highly recommend. Lyrically and musically, it. yeah. Yeah, like go listen to his EP. He has other songs too on there and they're it's really great. Like, I don't know why he's not... Uh, well, you talk about he, this. We talk about this on the show. Yeah, he should be much more famous than he is. He should be. And I don't think that's a backhanded... Well, he was in insult. a band called Smile that was on a major label and that got national exposure and did national tours and opened for Everclear. So he had some... We, and we talk about this on the episode. He had some level of fame. He's yeah. like, to me, that wasn't real fame. But I think that it never... To me... Yeah, what is back real then, fame, I guess? Right. Yeah. Back then, I thought that he did have real fame. I think he did have real fame. But then he kind of went... Um, a different direction. He's found a way to stay true to what he wants to do while also having an, a, a day job. Yeah. So um, yeah, just a really, he's just an interesting, very introspective um, and funny guy and who I've known a, forever. A glimpse a little bit into your life as a 20 something. Yes. Um, which I, I, I was amused by because I think uh, maybe we all have this experience as a 20 something of, you know, you have those late nights where you're wandering around the city. Right. Well, this is like what I was talking about when I, right after I graduated college, and I'm like, I don't huh. know what to do with myself. I guess I'll move back to Orange County and play in a band, which is what I did. Yeah, and so you end up with those friends where you end up just at one o'clock in the morning going and getting some coffee somewhere. And yes. Talking all, I mean, it's such a... Looking a for thing. adventure. He, we were always... Yeah. So Mike lived with Rob, who you know, mm-hmm. um, and they were roommates, and the three of us were pretty inseparable for a while, and we would, every night, we'd just go out trying to find something fun to do we'd end up getting coffee and we'd drive around and then they'd always make me drive them to del taco we actually talked about this on my episode because i was like why was i always driving del taco which is quietly way better than taco bell or yes. any others i think but, that is uh, your feeling yes, and i is. actually i think i would agree although i never i'm not a fast food person no me well me either but there's a time in my life when i ate a lot of fast food namely college and, yeah uh, yeah they have a they had a really good burger <laughs> and fries so right we, so uh, we would always be driving around. We were inseparable. And then Mike said something that I always forget, yes. which is, I moved to New York and they, they replaced replace you. me. Yeah. <laughs> they found a girl yeah. who I like, but she became the new Allison. This it just goes to show. Theme. People are replaceable. <laughs> that will actually lead us yeah. into something we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, and so then on the Thursday show, we had... Um, an iteration of the Thursday gang iteration. Uh, it was you, Jenna, her husband, and Jordan Morris, Jordan who's Morris. hilarious. And that was a really fun episode. Yeah. I have been really pleased with all of the Thursday episodes in this new dining room studio Me setup. Me too. I love it when Jordan comes over, though. He's, He's just great. such a naturally funny person. Yes. You know? It's funny. I don't know. Did we talk about this? The uh, When we were first brainstorming, right, uh, you know, about a month ago, who would come on? We have not talked about this. 
Both yeah, you, you and, and I, I both separately thought of Jordan Morris. Yeah, he's just Jordan really first. good at improv. He's really good at working in a group. I've done Jordan Jesse Go, which is a podcast that he does with Jesse Thorne, yeah. which I'm going to be on in a couple of weeks. Oh, great! Um, and I remember when I was sitting there watching them, noticing they never speak over each other. Yeah. And how is it that they do that? Yeah. Well, didn't it's they crazy. know each other in college or something? So they've known oh, each so other I don't for a long remember. time. I think. I think that's the case. Anyway, he's he's great. We love having him over. But it's fun. It's just fun to just have that check-in session. Yes. Every, you know, and, and see Jenna and Al and just kind of... I also really love Dustin Goot, though. Love Dustin. And he's coming back. And I want everyone and to Trevor, love him. Too. Yeah, and Trevor. Hey, listen, and I love, love him. And Shane Dawson. I love so him. So love us. Everybody. We love everybody. <laughs> right, right, right. But, t- but Dustin and I have a an on-air performing relationship yeah. that goes back to the beginning of this show, well, even before this show. Mm-hmm. So um, Dustin's great, and I think people will get to know him better as well. Um, and, you know, something we've de- been debating about the Thursday show, should it be the same people every week? Should it be rotating? Because there are people who suggest there should be, you know, rotating people. My thing with that, although necessity might require mm-hmm. that that's the case for a while. Um, my thing with that is one, it's kind of more difficult to book that way. But two, I think that part of the reason the Thursday gang, the original Thursday gang got under everyone's skin in a good way uh, is because it was the same people week after week. So you got to know them and you, you were invested in their lives. I think if it's always a new person, then it's a little hard, harder yeah. to build that relationship with them. Also, we have the Monday show, you know, the one-on-one Monday interview for the new person to be coming in and out. <laughs> like an audition. <laughs> for what though? Yeah. For the Thursday gang. That's what the, I see the Monday show is auditions. You do? <laughs> no. James Gunn definitely made it great. on the Thursday show. There's so many people who come in that would be great for the Thursday show. Now that I'm booking the show, it's like, again, it's that possibilities thing because yeah. someone, a really funny female comedian that I love, just wrote and wrote back right now and was like, I'm so sorry for the delay, but does this date work? And she wants to come in on a date that I already have someone else for the Monday show. Mm. So I could do it and just hold the episode or I could bump her over to the Thursday show or I could bump her over to the not unveiled yet, but soon to happen, hopefully, gal chat episode. Gal chat. Oh, you're going to say what it is. Well, I'm thinking of, I, I, I would like to take all of that back. <laughs> I didn't say that. You did not hear it from me. We're thinking of possibly doing a gal chat yeah. show a week. Yeah. I don't know, though. But it's like once you do it, then you're committed to doing it every week. So maybe it'll be more of like a special. Well, and there's questions about doing what if it's better to have three shows a week or four shows a week. and Or five. Yeah. Or five. And then the questions about, excuse me, I got to adjust my chair. And I think yeah. it's making me phase in and out of the microphone. Hold, please. Dun. Okay. Is that your hold Sorry, music? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, it's uh, making me question the release schedule as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All sorts of things to figure out. Yeah. Okay, so I believe we have, well, just real quickly, mm-hmm. we did not wake up in the best way this morning. At the end of the Thursday episode, everyone, I think, remembers that there was a little surprise ship apocalypse yeah. where went. So our dog, Wendy, was spayed recently. And in addition to taking out her uterus and ovaries, they took out the part of her that's house broken. So she's been having accidents all over the house. So there was what we called Shippocalypse 2015. Mm-hmm. You know when a tornado gets downgraded to a hurricane? Mm-hmm. Apocalypse, as of this morning, downgraded, although it sort of felt like upgraded, but not in terms of smell, to Pukepocalypse. Yeah. We woke up to her throwing up 
so it's like she would throw up in a spot and then run as far as she could and then throw up in another spot. And then she wanted to cover just maximum yeah. surface area with her vomit. It was a uh, puke nami. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. She just kept, it was really, it was I, it really felt startling. bad for her. Yeah. Well, I think she drank was... a lot of water and that might've been it. Cause it was very, the thing is I heard her gulping water, but then mm-hmm. when she came back to bed, cause I remember thinking, the sound that it was, she was making, the sound of her lapping up water, I couldn't tell if there was actually water in the bowl or not, or if I was just hearing her yes. collar knock against the bowl. But I, and then when she came back to bed, I was like, I'll know that she actually got water if her ears are wet and if I get slapped in the face with a wet dog ear. But I, there was no wetness on her ears. There but was there was water, water in the bowl, yeah, I know. Yeah, there was. Yeah. So anyway, that was um, gross. But you know what? Hey, it mm. gave us an excuse to wash our blankets. Yeah, that's the good part. See, look on the bright side. We washed the blankets that right. were on top of the bed, and also. But now to scrub she's the sitting. Our carpets are so gross. Yeah. We, I feel like we said goodbye to our security deposit so long uh, ago. I think we can. Don't listen to this, landlord. No, I think we'll be fine. I think if we, we can get, get like a steam cleaner, we just or need to get a steam cleaner. Yeah, but so now she's curled up, looking kind of like she doesn't feel well, and I don't, I don't know what she ate, but this word anytime and dog is sick it worries me i think she'll be all right i think she's just tired okay speaking of sick (laughs) daniel health update yeah oh my god so uh i guess last i spoke of this i um i was diagnosed with a kidney infection what was it called a pyelonephritis pyelonephritis which was odd to um people who know what that is because men don't usually get it um I, it didn't feel right that it was a kidney thing to me for some reason. I mean, it just didn't. Why? It, Did the pain feel lower? Yeah, the pain, I didn't really have kidney soreness or anything like that. But then you think, oh, well, but would I? I don't know. You did have a backache though. Yeah, but it was really my whole body. Cut. Right. It was my legs. And it and was, everything. so my my dad's a doctor and he asked where your back pain was and yeah. you were pointing to like really lower low. Back. Yeah, lower. And he said to me, the kidneys are higher up. So. Yeah. So, um. I went to a so okay so the we went to urgent care initially he that he diagnosed at the the Beverly Hills uh, doctor <laughs> the plastic surgeon plastic surgery the, guy you mean the guy who had a lot of plastic surgery yes, yes, we yes, yes. we did not Daniel did not go to a plastic surgeon for his kidney infection we went to urgent care <laughs> in Beverly Hills and the doctor was so was nipped in time he was, when he blinked he farted yes and so anyway he he gave me uh, five days of antibiotics and I was feeling better and, and two shots in your butt two shots in the tuchus. And, uh, and so I was feeling better and I thought I was better. And, uh, it, that was a lot of antibiotics. Let me yeah. just say a lot. And so, uh, but then I was kind of still feeling bad. Like I it was one of those things where I was feeling so much better than I was that I just assumed I was better. But then you kind of, two days later, you're like, I kind of feel sick still. Maybe I'm still sick. And, um, you know, one of the things that drives me crazy when doctors prescribe antibiotics is they don't tell you that you should also take probiotics. Which you'd think would cancel them out. You would think, it, but they don't. And also, when you're on a heavy dose of antibiotics, it really does a number on your gastrointestinal system. And uh, not to get too graphic, but it is like shitting fire <laughs> or acid. I mean, it's... and. You also get this feeling of like you have to go to the bathroom a lot, even when you don't necessarily need to go and it's not always easy to go. And so 
after like a my week, nickname for you would have been shitty Dan. Yeah, I mean, uh, so like after a week of this, and this is embarrassing, but it's like after a week of this, uh, I got a little hemorrhoid flare up. Mm. Mm. So that sucks if you've ever had that And you're like oh my god Everything's just a whole goddamn mess down there <laughs> So I go into the I go to a urologist because the suggestion Had been out there like maybe you might want to Make sure that well, it wasn't A prostate know, thing You peed blood Yeah I had, been, I had peed blood and so well, There was some of blood in your urine So you were, you, had, you were all messed up on the front and the back yeah, and I had an uncle who died of prostate cancer. And so it's like, you know, look, let's just be extra careful. Let's go to the urologist and see, you know, make sure that I'm okay. So, And for listeners who are feeling a little bit grossed out, buckle up. Get used to it. <laughs> no, this is only going to go on for a little while longer. But I do think it's important to discuss these things yeah. because you might have similar symptoms and you yeah. might be sitting on it, literally. Yeah. And you shouldn't because you you do want to get but Here's the out. thing about hemorrhoids. They're super embarrassing but a lot of people, they're in the butt. a lot of people get yeah. them and you don't want to do nothing. If you get them really bad, people get so embarrassed. They don't want to go to the doctor and you, you can really have health problems if you don't they get over the embarrassment. So anyway, remember, so talking about it is hopefully, you know, because no one talks about it. People wait. So I'm talking about, it. I remember being in the drugstore. I may have told the story already with my friend Corinne in New York and she was buying nothing but a giant tube of preparation H <laughs> And but no no shame no anything about it and she's like I heard this is really good for bags under your eyes because (laughs) occasionally yeah women's like women's magazines will recommend that and I said you know what that's normally for though right she's like no I explained it she still (laughs) was fine with it though yeah it's embarrassing look it's embarrassing I don't know why though it's funny because it shouldn't necessarily have to be but it just we as humans it just is well but when you get to be older you got to get over it because you know you're gonna have to go to the doctor and the doctor well. I'll tell you the story. Yes, please. So I go to the urologist. Very, very nice doctor. Great doctor. And uh, he has to check me out. So, um, and I was just dreading this. For because, people who don't know where, and I was a little unsure where the prostate is. Well, I, the prostate is, um, it's like a, a muscle kind of that men have that's, uh, that constricts the urethral tube, I think. it's like. But where is it? Um, it's sort. It's like like taint sort of north. Above, taint, taint north of the taint. <laughs> it's the Canada it's of can- the taint. <laughs> right, uh, right. So if um, right, so if America is the taint, it's pro- Canada, the prostate is Canada. Right. Okay. Um, Mexico is the balls. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, of course this means I know. You know, it's like. When you have a hemorrhoid, it's just like, uh, it, not only is it embarrassing, but it, it, it doesn't feel good. And I'm like, I'm going to have to have this guy checking out my prostate. Which I didn't realize how they check it out. Uh, it's like so, taking a baby's temperature, only I, it's not a thermometer uh, in your God. butt. So, you know, you go in there and it's just like, well, all dignity out the window, you know. <laughs> you reach a certain age, you're like, ah, eh, fuck it. And so he's like, all right, drop trow and <laughs> lean on your elbows here. I'm oh, just like, I'm, I'm just like, getting uncomfortable. Yeah. And then um, now I'm not used to having fingers shoved up my butt. <laughs> right. So I'm not sure if like a skinny finger feels like a fat finger or if he just had big, fat, chubby fingers. <laughs> but Was he a big, felt, fat, chubby guy? No. But I mean. Maybe he carried his weight oh, in his Oh, my God. Fingers. That hurt. It was oh. so painful. And it was just like. 
ah, just stop, <laughs> please stop. But he was able to figure out what the problem was, which was I had acute bacterial prostatitis, and I I wasn't cured yet. I was still sick, so I've been please on take another this in spirits intended. Try to stay a little more, um, like. Am I not on mic? You're kind of going back and forth a little bit. Sorry, folks. I'm I'm trying to stay on mic here. Okay. Um, Perfect. So, uh, yeah. So that meant I had to, to get back on the antibiotics and everything like that. But this time I'm on the probiotics. But here's the thing. Hemorrhoid, ever since that, was gone. <gasps> His magical sausage he fingers. He has magical, <laughs> magical healing properties. So <laughs> I was thinking, well, now Preparation H should sell fat old man finger. Instead of that's like ointment. A, I feel like that's a sex shop item. Listen, whatever oh, works. Ew. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so there you go. So I'm getting better. That's my health update. Good. Um, Good. And, and it's still just to, to fully overload you with TMI. Um, you know, we're trying to get pregnant and I'm on, they put me on this huge dose of fertility drugs this month and I had a lot of side effects and that was unpleasant. Um, but there was some question about, or there is some question about whether we'll be able to even try to do the insemination this month mm-hmm. um, because yeah. of potentially you having, you know, bacteria that you could transfer to me. But your culture, the very painful well, culture negative. is negative. So yeah. I hopefully will be able to, to make the most of this month. Um, although... At one point, I had an appointment at 8.30 a.m. this morning. Mm-hmm. Then they canceled it because of what was going on with you. And I think that I probably should have reinstated it. But uh, not having to go to the doctor at 8.30 a.m. on Saturday was so delightful yeah. that I just T- didn't. Tell that to our unborn child why they didn't get to exist. Because mommy, <laughs> mommy wanted to sleep in. up early enough. Well, the thing is, honestly, I, I feel as much as I don't want to waste all the fertility drugs this month, which insurance did not cover, by the way, no, unfortunately. Insurance covers none of this. Uh-uh. Um, I also feel a little bit of futile. I just feel like we're headed towards IVF because we've tried. Yeah. You know, they, they do all, they have you do all these other things before IVF because IVF is so friggin' expensive and it's like really intense on your, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a whole medical thing it's a whole thing so they want to try to exhaust all the opportunities beforehand the cynical person would say they want to exhaust your wallet beforehand well should i t- so when i when we first started this yeah. i i ran into a guy at the fertility clinic and he was having this argument with the gal at the front desk and um so we were in the elevator together and he was just like Ugh, you know they're gonna try to get you to spend all the money on all the things just go straight to ivf he said we're forty thousand dollars in and we don't even have a baby yet <laughs> like and that's, you know, again, not covered by insurance. Right. So the problem with going straight to IVF is it's just, it's like saying, I'm not going to spend a few hundred, but I'm going to go ahead and spend 17000 on something that has a higher... A chance uh, yeah. if, to spend a couple hundred... And to avoid all money. the procedures... Well, we yeah, because well then it. it's like we have to put give you a shot every day, right? With the well, yeah, and it's a <clears throat> procedure to get the eggs, a procedure to right. put the whole so, the baby back and, in. Uh, it's not yeah. even a baby at that point. Anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. Okay, so... Here we go. Let's talk about the stuff that I was kind of dreading talking about. I do want to quickly address a couple things that my former employer, Adam Carolla, said about me on his show, which people seem to be confused about. And I have to tell you guys, I'm so profoundly uncomfortable even talking about this at all. Possibly I have Stockholm Syndrome. 
But I'm talking about it because my integrity was called into question. He painted a portrait of me, which was really distorted and untrue. A portrait of me is not a team player, not supportive, not grateful, just out for herself. And now people are repeatedly asking me about it. And so I just want to offer you guys some facts and you can do with them what you will and draw your own conclusions. Um, And so just to back up for new listeners... Adam fired me by email, an email in which he praises my professionalism and work ethic, but says that it's just that I've been cast in the wrong role and that sidekick isn't playing to my strength. I received this email while I was on vacation over Christmas break, and I was blindsided by it. I absolutely did not see it coming. And then he made an announcement on the show that I wouldn't be returning... And people went nuts. And there was all sorts of outrage because listeners felt as if they knew me after listening to me for four years. And there was a lot of affection for me on the show. I think he was surprised by the reaction. So he's dealing with all this outrage. People saying they're no longer going to listen to him, no longer going to listen to the show. And I do get that he had to do something to save his image and something to make people feel okay about continuing to listen. I get that he needed to be able to move forward with his audience on board. And so the solution he found, which for a portion of his audience did work, is to create this narrative where I was bad for the show and I had to go. Despite, I would argue, four years of shows that suggest otherwise. And you guys can go listen to the shows and make up your own mind. Yeah. So as you guys know, I've really been in conflict about whether to go into this on the show. And initially I held off because the whole thing was handled in a way that was just so ugly, unexpected and disappointing that I really just wanted to move past it. Not only that. I was worried about what could happen if I did discuss it on air. And the reason I was worried is that given the surprising way this all unfolded, I just no longer know what to expect from them. And let me give you an example of what I mean. In the email where Adam fired me, he said that he would tell Gary, the producer of Allison Rosen is your new best friend, that Gary is free to work with me going forward. And the guys who appeared on the Thursday show, Gary, Matt, Chris, and Kaylin, did want to continue appearing on the show. And they told Adam, he told them that was fine. So then they did a show and it was a great show. I was so happy with how it came out. Happy to see them. They were happy to be here. And there's just this great energy to the show. And Daniel, you heard it. Yeah. Wasn't it, was, it like they were so happy to be here. It was a nice They night. came out. Of, I mean, Caitlin, who never, ever talked in the yeah. studio, came out of his show. Shell. <clears throat> and it was just it was like the highlight of my week. And I sent them an email telling them that the show was the highlight of my very strange week. Because this was the week right after I'd been yeah. fired and that I couldn't wait to see them. Uh, you know, the next week. And then there was no response to that email, which I thought was weird. And then there was no response to the next email I sent, which I thought was weird. And then I began to worry. And now, and I heard this from three different people close to the situation. Turns out that after appearing on my show, the guys received a strongly worded email telling them their jobs were at stake if they continued to have anything to do with me. This was shocking to me. I honestly don't know why it was a problem for them to appear on my show, why it was perceived as betrayal, why the reversal after I was told it was okay and they were told it was okay, and it still doesn't make sense to me. As to the fact that Adam spent 50 minutes going into the reasons on air that he fired me, I was disappointed that he thought that was a fair or reasonable thing to do. My understanding is nearly everyone at the studio tried to talk him out of it, but he told them they were idiots who didn't know what they were talking about. As to the reasons he fired me, all of which, to me, fall somewhere in between false and ridiculous, he says he did this because he owed his audience the truth, but he apparently didn't feel he owed me a conversation where he told me why I was being fired. I mean, I heard all of this. For the longest time, I couldn't bring myself to listen to the episode. I finally did recently, and this is the first time I heard a lot of this. Um, So, okay, I just want to address the two big things that people are talking about. One of the reasons he fired me, he says, is because I wouldn't contribute to the patent troll defense fund. So last year, he was sued by a patent troll who claimed to own the patent that governed podcasts. And instead of paying up, as people often do, because it's really expensive, Adam decided he was going to fight the troll. Uh, 
and it was extremely expensive, so we crowdfunded his legal bills. In late July, I received an email from Mike Altier, who no longer works there, saying, as you know, we're ch- and sorry, Mike Altier, who as of now no longer works there, but at the time he did work there. Um, and it said, as you know, we're changing our Amazon banners. So the funds will go to the patent troll defense fund. And what size are the banners on your website? Now, this was the first I had heard any of this. Obviously there were conversations that had happened prior to this that I wasn't included in about the plans for the Amazon banners. And let me back up and explain the situation that I had there. My podcast, Allison Rosen is your new best friend was on the Corolla digital network. And our deal was a revenue share deal. So Adam made about half of my podcast revenue, half of the money brought in through Amazon click throughs. And then I paid a per episode fee in exchange for use of the studio promotion and production. And all the shows have these Amazon banners on our website. And if you click through the banner to get to Amazon, a small percentage goes to the show and it doesn't cost the consumer anything. So they wanted to divert these Amazon dollars to the defense fund. This is money I live on. This is my monthly wage. At that point, my monthly wage was the share of my Amazon money. Remember, Adam takes about half of it. So my income was the Amazon money after he takes his cut, my podcast money after he takes his cut, and my salary from the Adam Carolla show. And this came at a time when I knew I had to have surgery the following month, and I didn't know if insurance was going to cover it. And Daniel, I'm insured through your work, yes. and they don't cover any fertility stuff. None of the fertility stuff. And as we just pointed out, we were, you know, I had just met with that guy. We were, lo- we were looking at a lot of money right. in fertility treatment. Right. So I was looking at mounting medical bills and the idea of giving away a couple thousand dollars a month for the immediate future, but with the potential to stretch into forever. Because mm-hmm. at this point, there was no idea when, you know, it wasn't clear how much when money they needed to raise, when it was going to stop. Yeah. It was just taking a couple thousand dollar a month, which I rely on pay cut. Every month, right. So I went to Adam and I explained the situation. I told him, I want to help. I want to support you. I think it's great that you're fighting the patent troll. I want to help out. But this Amazon money is money I live on. And I explained that I had to have surgery the following month and that I was afraid that I was going to be facing mounting medical bills. And can we please find another way for me to help the cause? And so he was like, oh, yeah, this is just an August thing. Referring to Mike August. You know, I don't know when the other podcasts are starting this. Yeah, it's fine. Forget it. You don't have to give us your money. And then I sought to clarify how it was going to work because... Because my money, because I realize I don't think Adam understands, knows like the, the chain accounting. of how the accounting works for right. my show. It's not like the money goes to me. The money goes to them. They take their share and then they give me my cut. So I'm like, if this is going to necessitate some communication. So Daniel, yeah. what was it that Adam said was my reaction to the whole patent troll thing? Right. Okay. So Adam said, Adam said that they had the idea that everyone under the Corolla Digital Network would pool the money to fight the patent trolls and that you, Allison, said before a show, absolutely not. And when Adam said, all right, don't worry about it. We'll just go on the air and move past it. You stopped and said, no, I'm not going in on that. Does that sound like me? No. <laughs> and Adam said, he said, I heard you. It's fine. Come on the air. Um. Now, he said it was very uncomfortable, if you could imagine the position he was in, to sit here and have Brian say, boy, it's great to see Rogan and Marin and everyone jumping in and fighting the patent trolls. But the person to his right, the person who was on his network, the person who was having a profitable podcast said, absolutely not. And could you imagine if Rogan or Marin found out? <laughs> oh, that's such a mischaracterization of my reaction. He's totally not hearing what I'm saying. I'm saying I want to help. But here's my concern specifically regarding the Amazon money. And if Rogan or Marin were to uh, hear it, I think they would have 
an understanding reaction because, first of all, they know that I don't make the kind of money they make. And second of all, given that my podcast is on the network, I'm already kicking in yeah. a lot of money. To, I mean, Adam's already getting a lot of money from my podcast, which he's not getting from them. Yeah. So that to me is sort of a, a silly point. And the idea that you would be so assertive is to be like, no, <laughs> you know, so not me. I am not going in on that. Right. I mean, that may be how he felt you you know the, the well, feeling I, he had. I get. Th- I mean, what it makes me realize is that's what he heard. That's what he heard. But that's, and that's so how he not what I said. It, that, yeah, it's that's not, not in your character. To, no, to be not that. at all. And at one point, I asked Gary, you know, what's up, and he said the per- you know the perception from Adam is that like, oh, Rogan, Marin, and Nerdist are doing it, but she's too big to do it. And I was like, it's the exact opposite. I'm too small to do it. Right. Um, I can't afford this chunk of money that you're requiring me. to to give you mm-hmm. a, the chunk of money on my paycheck. But. And then Gary, yeah. yeah. Well, and then Gary was like, you're absolutely right, but it's Adam. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that night, the night that I received the email, the night that I had the conversation with Adam, I was trying to figure out a way to help. And I thought, well, Brian, who has a podcast, who wasn't doing the Amazon banner thing, he auctioned off an early copy of his book on eBay and it went for a couple thousand dollars. And then Adam auctioned off an early copy of his book, both autographed, and that went for about the same. And I thought, well, what do I have that's similar? I have these collector's item t-shirts from when I started the show as a Ustream show in my apartment in Brooklyn, way before I worked on the Adam Carolla show. Uh, And they aren't for sale. There's only a limited number of them left. And if we all autograph the shirt, I think it's something that people would want because it's a collector's item because they're not in circulation. Now, obviously, obviously, the value of the shirt isn't that much in Mm -hmm. the actual value. In the same way that the value of the books are about $19.99, but... People yeah. were really, you know, people who supported the cause yeah. were looking for a way to contribute. So I thought, here's a cool collector's item, and it'll it'll draw the same reaction, yeah. at, you know, financially as the book. So I emailed about the shirt, and I never heard back. And he acknowledged that he never wrote me back, right? Uh, yeah, he's, he made it sound like it was a slight, like, well, we never responded to that. And, and didn't he say something like, what would that fetch, like $45? Yeah, maybe it would fetch, what, $45, $50 right. to, to contribute towards $650,000? Here's the thing. That was the first idea off the top of my head. Right. I was trying to come up with a way to help. I also talked about, and I talked about this at the shop, yeah. doing a live show and mm-hmm. having the proceeds of the live show going to the defense yeah. fund. You and I went on our honeymoon right after, and yes. we were brainstorming ideas. Tell them about the book. I had the idea. So for your birthday, um, for Allison's birthday, I... Uh, put together her um, syndicated column for the previous year. Yeah, all the columns that I'd written that year. I had, um, and then I did illustrations for each one and um, formatted it like uh, like it was a book that was actually published. And then I, because I'm a nerd and I like things like this, I, I handmade it into a hardback book with a cover so that it looked like something you could actually buy. It had a right. little uh, duckling It was like a one-of-a-kind of, one hardback book of illustrated And I columns. thought I could so do great. that again. And, you know, I hand-stitch it and glue it and everything. I can make one or two, sign them, and that... Out of curiosity, probably, how mm-hmm. long did that take you to make? Months. So you were offering <laughs> But to... it wouldn't take me months again. Okay. I mean, to, to do another one would probably just take a couple weeks. But you were offering to spend a you know so a couple weeks to make two me, books that be you were oper- it, you were offering to spend a month doing this like meticulous handcrafted yeah, like thing hand and we would donate it right to the cause that's how much we were trying to help yeah. so this happened on our honeymoon yeah and what, by the way of course Adam doesn't know about this because because what, well so also on our honeymoon what happened is our dog was attacked and died and. August 16th was the day 
that he died. And that same day, so we came back early from our honeymoon to deal with this. It was awful. That same day, I got an email saying, you know, good news, the patent troll case has been dismissed. So at that point, it was a moot point. Yeah. Or so I thought. Turns out that Adam well, was really still upset about everything. Well, it wasn't a moot point in that he was still raising money, but... Right. Oh, yeah. Well, so also that night, what happened is the more I thought about it, this I was like... This is the night that he... The night that we had, had this the conversation. conversation. Yeah. Yes. After I sent the, the t-shirt email, I sent e- Mike Altier an email. You know what I thought about it. I will put the patent troll Amazon banner on my website. You know, can you send it over? And then can you also send me... Um, a banner that links to the Fund Anything campaign. So I had both of those, the Patent Troll Amazon banner and the Fund Anything, Adam's Fund Anything campaign banner, both of those on my website, plugged the shit out of them on my show, and they stayed on my website until December when I was fired. Of course, yeah. that was not mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that was that. The other big thing that Adam said he wanted, um, or the other big thing that he brought up yeah he's he's he said that he wanted to add a corolla digital bug to my itunes banner and that i refused because i was trying to distance myself from his brand all of which is untrue including the part about me refusing so let me explain what this banner is um as i said before when i joined the network there was an app which featured all the shows on the network on the app uh and when i say that i paid them nearly half of my revenue in a per show fee in exchange for promotion production and studio time i considered the app part of the promotion i got a plug on adam's show and i was on the app um but at a certain point they redesigned the app and the only show that was on the app at this point was adam's and i felt like the other shows on the network and I are losing promotion by this. And, you know, listeners would be like, where's your show? And before it was a way that if someone went to listen to Adam's show, they might hear about my show. So I felt like it was a really, I was really, um, I was pretty bummed that I was no longer on it. And I was like, when can we get the shows back on the app? So I kept asking them when the other shows are going to be added back to the app. And it was impossible to get answers. It was always like, it would take me three weeks to get a response. And then the response would be checking into it. I'll let you know as soon as I hear anything. So at a certain point, I mean, months and months and months and months and months of me asking about this went by. Always asking in a polite way, by the way. Um, And... Finally, I'm like, if I want promotion, I need to take matters into my own hands. So I was like, I would love to get my show promoted in the iTunes store. So I hired a graphic designer to make promotional artwork that met iTunes criteria because they're kind of strict about the sizes and things like that. Um, And I paid out of pocket. It was hundreds of dollars. I paid out of pocket. I did not expense it back to the show. Paid out of pocket. And I got my show featured in the iTunes store. And I was really happy about it. And to be honest, the reaction I was hoping for from Adam, if he had any reaction at all, would have been him being like, awesome, great job. Thank you for showing the initiative. I'm proud of you. Congratulations. That's great. You went and you got promotion for a show that benefits both of us. Because remember, my success was Adam's success financially. So then the way Adam explains it, well, Daniel, what did he say? Okay. So um, he says that he was sitting around his house and looking at iTunes when he saw your banner um, as a featured podcast. And he thought, wouldn't it be cool... Wouldn't it be cool if there was a Corolla digital bug on the banner? And then he told Matt Fondelier to ask you to add one. And uh, what does he say was my reaction? Well, you said there was a volley of emails after that and that you didn't want it on. And then you said ultimately that you wanted it to be almost invisible. And why? Well, right. So then Brian asked if he'd, if he'd talk to you about it. And he said he didn't need to because he knew what was going on. He believed 
that it was because of your, of his politics, which he felt um, was confirmed in his mind anyway, when he asked Gary if you'd ever talked to him about the fear that people didn't want to come on your show because of Adam's politics, Gary said you'd mentioned it. Okay. All of that is not true. That's not how it happened. Um, and we'll just go, if I, if, if there's like a certain point I don't address, you tell me, Daniel, okay. let's just go through this, uh, bit by bit and then I can show you what really happened. Um, because when I heard that he was like, I was just looking at it, you know, yeah. this idle thought, like I was just looking at it and I thought, wouldn't it be cool? I was like, I do not remember that being the tone of him. I don't remember that being the way he approached it. So I went back and I found the emails. And so here's an email. Gary forwarded an email from Matt. This is how it started. Yeah. And here's the email from Matt. So the subject line is, Adam saw that A-R-I-Y-M-B-F was a featured podcast on iTunes. And then the the email is, but he saw that the logo didn't have a Corolla Digital insignia in it or any type of indication to give us a little love for hosting her show. Do you have any more details on this, ways we can fix? Thanks, Matt. And then this is forwarded from Gary, and Gary's message at the top is, FYI, after speaking with Adam about this, we need to incorporate a Corolla Digital logo into any future iTunes promo art. I can try to incorporate it myself, but it may be safer to ask your graphic artist if she'd be willing to modify it pro bono for quality's sake. Let me know what you think works best. So already, and mind you, I've worked with him for a while at this point. So like, I kind of know I'm like, Oh fuck. Right. It sounds like he's pissed. And by the way, his being pissed will be confirmed in a later email. But I already was like, yikes. I went and did this thing that I thought was a good thing. And now it seems like I'm, He's yeah. upset. He's yeah, upset by showing it. them the love. But here's my reaction. Now, remember, he says, I didn't I refuse to do it. This is this is what I write back. How about this? If it can be incorporated in a way that both he and he being Adam, he and I think looks good. I'm happy to do it. But I want him to sign off on it looking good as well as me signing off on it because I trust his graphic design sense. And someone in house needs to do it because I can't afford to have this done by someone else. Remember, it had been hundreds of dollars. I was dealing with a graphic designer who really good but like every time right. i sneeze she's like that's another hundred dollars yeah and you were in to her for a lot more for other things too right. so you were kind of drained of cash at this right point. right um uh and i said and also i don't want to hold up any promo because of this i'm sure adam would agree that it would be bad to hold up promo when he makes half of what i make mm-hmm. so that's my reaction and the reason i wanted him to sign off on it as well is that he does have a really good sense of graphic yeah. design a really good sense of aesthetics and i didn't in this rush to appease him i didn't want to just slap the cruel digital bug on this artwork that i had just paid hundreds of dollars for and have it look ham-fisted and shitty that's not gonna do anyone any favors so i was like if he agrees that it looks good then i you know well i want both of us to think it looks good you spend all this money to have a graphic designer design something right but not design something with the with that on it but not and not because i didn't want it 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 never occurred to me i mean most of the podcast banners and itunes even if you're on a network it doesn't include the the bug i wasn't opposed to it but it just never occurred to me because the thing is as soon as you click on it you hear this is corolla digital it says corolla digital on the itunes page it's like all over the place everywhere else it wasn't a convention to put it on there and even adam admits he it had never even occurred to him till he saw yours so Right. It wasn't a slight that it wasn't on there. So here's Gary's response to my email. I hear you, but here's the position I'm in. I got that email that I forwarded and called Matt because I was on the road. And Matt said that Adam wasn't asking and it seemed like he wasn't pleased it ever went up that way. Given that, maybe we should just try between us to find something you like and then show him. Or we can probably just go live without his approval, assuming it's on there. 
you're laughing. Why? He, he wasn't pleased right. as though you had, it's just. Disappointed him yeah. by doing this thing that was good for the show, good for the network and good for him. Yeah, he, that it, is, um, is but also not anything. No nerdist show had nerdist on it. No earwolf show had earwolf on it. This wasn't an insult. But if he had approached me in the same tone that he suggested he had, if it was like, yeah, "Hey, would this?" Cool? Of course, yeah. of course, oh. I would have. Yeah, <laughs> of course I would have. And here's the thing: I did. So I said to Gary, "Now, so now, mind you, I'm dealing with Gary, not a graphic designer, not super duper adept at Photoshop, and I'm envisioning." Corolla Digital, gigantic, slapped onto the artwork. And I say, let's make it as invisible as possible or at least explore a few different sizes. Meaning, start small, work big. Because I know what he's going to send me. And by the way, he sends me a mock-up. And it is what I was afraid of. It's like Allison Rosen is your Corolla Digital new best friend. Right. It's like it is now... So fighting with the design and your eye is drawn to Corolla Digital and not drawn to who the guest is. And it just, it wasn't, it needed a professional touch and this was not that. So I say, maybe the logo just needs to be smaller and move to the right. And can I also see it on the bottom left? And by smaller, I'd like to see how small we can go, like barely visible and then work up from there. Again, I'm not saying I don't want it on there. I'm saying to Gary, please Go small to big. Let's Rather let's start small. small, right? Which is what we have. It's me right. talk. It's me using hyperbole talking to someone who's not a graphic designer, but who's trying to design this. So you had, wait. So you had said in the first email. By the way, Adam said that he was reading these emails over Gary's shoulder. Com- so reading them completely out of context. So, so you said in the first one. Um, and granted, if this is all you saw, you know, you said uh, virtually invisible or whatever you said. And but what you're really saying is, Gary, I expect that you're going to slap this on there, which he did. So make it small with the idea you wanted to get him as small it to be as small as possible. And what he gave you, even after you said that, <laughs> was something with it. Well, slapped I on said there. make it as invisible as possible, or at least explore a few different sizes. I mean, that's <laughs> saying give me an, give me some options, right, so. right? But it was it was what I expected to see, which. Adam wouldn't have signed off on that. I mean, it didn't, it looked, it didn't look good. Um, So anyway, we went around and around. And finally, I just, I have a friend who's a graphic designer who took a pass at it and we made it look good. And so it included the Corolla digital bug. And every time my podcast was featured in the iTunes store after Adam asked, it had the Corolla digital bug on it. And that was that. He didn't mention that on the show though. And and I just want to point out it. So none of this was because you wanted to distance yourself from his brand. No, it had nothing to... I think he's sensitive that people want to distance themselves from him yeah. about his politics. But it's like, yeah. you pointed out, I appeared on Fox... You were on I'm Fox liberal. News. I appeared on Fox News forever. With I went Greg on Gutfeld. Red I love Greg Gutfeld. He and I are, feel very different about our politics. You have friends who are conservative. I have politics... You're more, that, way more conservative that are, than That I are am. conservative and you married me. Well, not... But not only that, if I wanted to distance myself from Adam, why is there a giant picture of Adam and me on... On my website when yeah. you go there why does it say Corolla digital everywhere I, the so, thing that gary was, was was referring to right okay so there was a female comedian that i was trying to book on my show someone who i'm acquaintances with and she said she would come on the show and then but she wanted me to come to her she didn't want to come to the studio and then it became hard to book her and then she backed out and i was trying to figure out what it was and I don't even know that I'm the one who suggested this. It might have been Gary who suggested this. Um, When that whole Adam thinks women aren't funny thing happened in the news, this comedian tweeted something like, well, there's one less podcast I need to go on. So the idea was brought up that perhaps the reason that she won't do the podcast is because of that. That was one incident. Yeah. 
But I should say, the idea that there are guests who don't want to come on podcasts because of stuff that Adam has said is something that's very much talked about openly at the studios there. I mean, I've heard Mike August mention count like, oh, yeah, we can't get him anymore. We can't get her anymore. We can't get him anymore. We can't get her anymore. Mostly hims and hers. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, And it's something that everyone's quite aware of. Right. So it's not like you were the only one that was thinking about it. I don't know that I ever felt like it was happening, but I get that he's sensitive to it, but it wasn't coming from me. Right. So he jumped to conclusions about what it was that was motivating me, but wasn't looking at, you know, what actually happened. Or asking you. Right. Um, So those are the biggies. And I just wanted to get the facts out there. Um, As to the rest of his reasons that he mentioned in the podcast where he Mm -hmm. talked about this, most of which amount to him feeling like I didn't like him, didn't support him, didn't want to be his friend, which is funny because I wanted nothing more than to be his friend. However, I was being respectful of the boundaries that he as the boss had set. He had said numerous times, don't take it personally. I don't like to hang out with my coworkers outside of work. It makes it feel like work. It throws off the time is money equation. Mm -hmm. Listeners have heard him say that. Um, You guys know that Adam has a pattern of believing that no one in his life listens to him. No one cares about him. No one shows interest in him. Why can't everyone just do as he says, et cetera? And soon enough, everyone close to him disappoints him in these ways. So it doesn't really surprise me that ultimately I was painted with that brush. However, I do believe he was misinterpreting my behavior. And I do believe that he was misremembering the facts to fit this narrative. So the whole thing is very disappointing to me, but it is what it is. But I do hope that what I just said helps answer some of the questions that you guys still have. Yeah. Um, I mean, I personally thought it was really cruel what he did. Um, Which to, part? To fire you and then go on the air. Not firing you. No, he had fire, every he right, had every to, right to make the show he wants to make. Yeah, of course. Right. But, but you mean but then the, to go on to the list air all the reasons to try to, to make this case against me on air. And just, when what did I ever do? It really felt like I kept thinking like, what did Allison do to you? My yeah. God. Um so I thought it was really incredibly cruel, but, um, you know, as your husband, I was happy to see that you were out of there, honestly. I didn't think they treated you very well. Uh, it wasn't a supportive or even a very kind environment. Uh, it was really an every man for himself place. I have said that if that place were a greenhouse, all the plants would be dead. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first time I, I went backstage there and... Being, you know, I was a Corolla fan, so I was really excited and being struck by how every single person who worked for him, they were like scared dogs at a pound. I mean, they had their heads down and everyone was just like, it was just, it, it was striking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I say every man for himself, I really do mean every man because you were the only woman yeah. uh, there and I felt like they didn't look after you. Um, again, as your husband, I would, I was concerned, you know, after live shows, no one offered to walk you to your car, you know, sometimes it would be the guest who would walk me to my car. You You were asked to go out into a sea of drunk dudes after every show to sign autographs and no one ever offered to escort you ever, you know, and yeah, most Corolla fans are great guys, great women, great men. Like I met a lot of them. Nothing wrong, you know, even with a drunk one, but it only takes one or two people who, to be a little aggressive or gropey yeah. or, you know, I was worried about you sometimes because frankly, there were some cities where you had stalkers and we f- assumed because they were super Corolla fans that they wouldn't 
be at the live show, right. but no one was ever there. Eventually, I just stopped. Take, I, I didn't always take photos and I didn't always sign autographs because I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable asking for any sort of special treatment. I didn't want to ever be perceived as a diva. So I asked for nothing, but yeah. I also didn't feel safe. So I would just slink out the back. You never asked for anything. And you were extremely low maintenance. Honestly, they were, I, I felt they were so lucky to have you. Um, right. But I w- because always- I was really easy to work with and I was dependable yes. and I was prepared and I took pride in the job and I tried to help out. And you're an yeah. incredibly sensitive person and you're a person who um, immediately reads the people in the room. You know, if I'm in a mood, you immediately know whatever that mood is. And so if somebody is standoffish and cold and hard to get to know you're going to take those cues you're not the type of person that's going to be like hey let's go out for dinner and like you're going to be like oh this person wants his space. wants distance and well, you're going to give had, that person yeah distance. i mean in the entire four years he never once asked me a question about me ever ever you know off air that is yeah um right not often on air too but i mean we we were went on countless car rides together because we would go um to shows together sometimes i would catch a ride and it was just him talking about his life, which was fine, but I didn't get the sense there was any interest in getting to know yeah. me, you know, beyond the very just uh, skimming the surface kind of way that it was. Yeah. Well, you're out of there now. And yeah. I'm, and I'm, 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 there's a frog in my throat, but I'm fine. Like yeah. I am in a good place and the whole, I don't let, the whole thing was disappointing the way it happened and I hate that I even have to address it now. Yeah. Uh, and I still feel uncomfortable with the fact that I did. But anyway, hopefully that's behind us. Yeah. Um, and uh, hopefully there's something people can learn from all of this. I know, I know that something I've taken from it is, <clears throat> excuse me, when delivering what could be bad news, I try <laughs> to do it in person. Yeah, it's a respectful because it's, thing yeah, to do, the, the, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let us take a little breath. That's right. We take a look at our sleeping puppy. We're now at about an hour, so we don't have that much time. Okay. But I say we do, would you rather do just me or everyone? Or rather, would you rather do news? Would you rather try to do Your both? Call. Let's do know. just me or everyone. This is a segment for the new listeners that we do on the show where people write in and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? And there's a song. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Until you fart, (laughs) writes in and says, just me or everyone. I believe that the key to a lasting relationship is separate bathrooms. Well, we have now pretty much adopted this we have two bathrooms here originally yeah. it was our bathroom and the guest bathroom it's but then it I've taken, definitely i can take over I, our bathroom yeah it's definitely a better way to live yeah i mean you know for for one thing you can do whatever you do in the bathroom at the same time <laughs> you <laughs> right. know you can both go to take a shower or whatever but um yeah i don't know you, you started off we were like, we're going to divide the counter space. This half will be yours. This half will be mine. And then it was Your like, well, how about half of my half becomes, and then I had to like install a shelf over my half to put my stuff because <laughs> now my you, now you had all of it. And then it was like, you know what? Why don't I just go into the other bathroom? And I can't help. I, have... I spread out. Yeah, but no, now no, that no, we, no. now that we're doing the podcast here, now your bathroom is sort of the guest bathroom again. 
I'm having to keep it nice for guests. I know. Yeah, Does yeah. the candle in your bathroom now? We don't want any lingering odors in that bathroom. <laughs> John A. Gower says, just me or everyone, sometimes feel ashamed that I still use the bunny ears method to tie my shoes. I don't use that method. Oh, I never used that one. I think Mm. that's sometimes how they teach kids how to tie their shoes. I don't think you should feel ashamed, though. However you tie your shoes, You should only feel ashamed if you, like, sing a song or say bunny ears when you do the tying of the shoes. (laughs) I don't even think you should feel ashamed at that. Yeah, maybe not. No shame around here. Bryant Rich says... When I stand up from the toilet, I pull up my underwear and pants as one. I don't do one and then the other. I The reason I don't like to do that is because sometimes you'll get the whole kit and caboodle back on. You're like, oh, my underwear is not sitting in the right place. Uh, um, I do both. At the same time? Yeah. Yeah. I How think, do you make sure your underwear is pulled up enough then? You know, I'm 41 years old and it's just a skill I've developed over the years. You know, well, don't brag. I, you know, you do it because if you do the underwear, then you still have your pants around you, and you got to bed then down again. And suddenly, a, when you come to die, you'll wish you had those two seconds. That's back. right. It adds up. <laughs> yeah. B. Slammon says, "What is it about the phrase I saw that in the theater that makes me feel old? It's something my folks say." Is um, it starting to be that now? <laughs> I guess so. Huh? It depends. It depends if it's like gone with the wind. Then Sign I can the see theater. where that. I was thinking a, a little while ago that uh, movie theaters in our lifetime may end up seeming like, you know, those old arcades at the carnival, you know, mm-hmm. with those, I don't know, with those fortune teller machines. It's just something that you, you, you think know, people vaudeville. Won't, people will stop going to them? It's it's a tough, you know, I work um, I work at a company that shares, manage, you know, we share owners with... Um, or we share an order with a with a theater chain, we sister companies with uh, landmark theaters, and we share offices. So I hear their business, you know, the, all day long, and it is a tough business. Yeah, um, like I restaurants. Just, I just, you know, I I I don't know that how long it's going to be able to continue. DPN010 says, just me or everyone, my dogs have the same seemingly boundless enthusiasm every morning for the same food. Hashtag life with dogs. <laughs> You know, we have not experienced. No, that. <laughs> we have dogs that are are picky eaters. Yeah, they'll look at you like. But the same enthusiasm mm-hmm. for the for treats, and True. for seeing you when you walk through the door. That's the important part. <laughs> I never that's get really old. Why you get a dog? I never get old to my dog. Yeah, so that's, yeah. Or stealing pens off of our desk. Wendy is a, a just champion pen stealer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anything she can grab off a desk. We should yeah. just put her kibble on our desk. Oh yeah. See if she'll fall for it. I feel like she's smarter than that. She's kind of wily. Yeah. She'll also do transactional. Like she she knows the value (laughs) of things. Like um, if I want her to do something and I hold up a treat and it's like you can see her calculating, is this trick worth that treat? And then I'll get another treat and she'll go, okay, it's worth that treat. She'll do the (laughs) trick. She's, she's she's got you trained. Yeah. Untidy Venus says, just mirror everyone. Not sure if the roommates are having loud sex or just drunk. Hashtag hiding out in the room. Hashtag awkward. That just makes me so happy. I no longer have roommates. Uh, yeah. Do you no. remember? Did you ever have that? That feeling yeah. of like, oh, I'm hearing someone having sex. Nothing's oh. worse than being, you know, single and having a roommate who's, yes, you know, was, oh, Jesus. When I used to live in, um, so we were talking about when I used to hang out with Mike and Rob all the time. When I lived in Costa Mesa, I was the single one and there were three of us that lived there and I was single and my roommates were both in relationships and my bed, I shared a wall with one of my roommates and our beds were both against the wall and I thought, oh. this might not be the right. No. This should, I shouldn't have, I got to move my bed. Yeah. Um, 
so I moved it onto the sidewalk. Nice. Yank in London 22 says, just mirror everyone. If I fall asleep at night watching TV on the couch, I must stop and get food on the way to the bedroom for the night. I appreciate this one because I nighttime eating is like that's my real that's your jam <laughs> that is my jam yeah. it'd be funny if jam were my jam Ooh, nighttime jam were really literally not. my jam yeah. we just don't have a lot of it but actually I recently did tuck into some um like super berry Trader Joe's jam that we had oh is that still good I thought that it might... wasn't that good yeah no. well no I mean like had it turned that's what I'm saying yeah I, it may have turned I a little bit to throw it away well, it, we threw it in the garbage chute that was, just... my, was my gullet. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I once read that Joan Rivers wouldn't, she'd eat anything she wanted up till like 3 p.m. and then she wouldn't eat anything after 3. And I think that's Jesus. ingenious. If I did that, I would eat zero calories because I don't, I don't get hungry early in the day. I'm really... Wait, so you're saying that you, what you would do is you would not eat anything because you don't eat anything before 3 p.m. and then after that, you'd not eat anything? <laughs> Yeah. Well, until the next day when I'm really, really hungry, (laughs) I would have to get on a different schedule. But what I'm saying is I'm really controlled throughout the day. And Mm -hmm. then at night, the control starts to go away. Because your willpower is gone. Yes. And I'm super hungry. So yeah, yeah, nighttime, the the nighttime is, um, it's just like that Laura Branigan song. If you guys know what I mean, you know what I mean. Okay. Super Dem C says, just me or everyone. I hate it when people park in front of my house. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people feel that way. Well, we I know my a parents where do. everybody parks in front of our right. House, but I mean, if you have a house, especially if, like if you're a house on a cul-de-sac and there's a lot of different options, like why are yeah. you choosing my house to park in front of? Yeah, that's because annoying. you you begin even though it's not technically yours, you begin to claim those parking spots. Well, you want you it to feel be feel they're for your own, right? Yeah. Um, 3D writer says, and this is the last one. When making oatmeal, I bury a tablespoon of peanut butter under a scoop of oatmeal, letting it melt when nuked. Mm. Hashtag peanut lava that sounds delicious oh i thought it was like peanut lava like i love peanuts and peanut, but peanut lava is what you're talking about yeah that'd be super hot peanut butter that sounds yummy it does sound I really never thought of that i think i've said it before and i'll say it again not the biggest peanut butter fan mm. over here but i like the idea of burying a, a little treasure for yourself in the oatmeal yeah you don't like peanut butter i'm gonna distance myself from your brand <laughs> I love it's sort of butter. like do you know what king cake is I think it's a um, New Orleans thing where there's like a little charm or a toy in the oh, cake. yes. And I think they, is it a Mardi Gras thing? I don't know, but there's an Italian version of this that my family does. With a hard-boiled where, egg? No, oh. where they put little um, things in there. And I, what is it for? It's for like for pregnancy or something. Or I was going like, to say for like needing a it's new It's like crown. fortune telling. I think whatever you get has, it's like, a, oh no, it's a New Year's thing maybe. I don't know. My mom does it. I don't remember that. Well, the reason I said hard-boiled eggs is because when I lived in Brooklyn, my landlords were Italian, and they would make this like very traditional Italian bread that had an entire hard-boiled egg mm, in... No, it wasn't bad. It was in the shell and everything. It was kind of fun. But then at Ugh. the end, you're like, and now I have a dozen hard-boiled eggs with a little bit of bread on them. <sighs> hard-boiled eggs are the worst. <laughs> have you always felt that way, or do you just feel I've that way living with way. me, where you're like, no, I've always you're making way. the house smell... You know, one time I tweeted something about, just made a bunch of hard-boiled hard-boiled eggs because i want my apartment to smell like farts Ugh. and recently by that no, i tweeted it a long time ago uh-huh. though no but recently you burned I, oh yeah okay sorry i um <laughs> we'll get into that in a second and i didn't mean because i will eat the hard-boiled eggs and then fill the apartment with my hard-boiled egg farts i meant the apartment <laughs> smells like farts when yes. you make hard-boiled eggs Yes, I just want to. I just want to go back in time and clarify. But that my then tweet you probably that did gross. fill the place with hard-boiled egg farts. <laughs> I am a lady. Right. 
But anyway, the other day, I did something really, really stupid, which is I was making hard-boiled eggs, and I put them on the stove, and I boiled them, and then I went into the other room, because it takes a while, and a watched pot never whistles, boils. Mm -hmm. What is it? A watched pot never boils. That's the phrase? Yeah. Boils? Is, that sounds so, so wrong to my ear right now. Um, I could, Maybe am I, am I wrong? A watched pot never boils. What else would it do? Whistle. No, a pot doesn't a pot, whistle. You're a right. Kettle okay. whistles. A wash kettle never whistles. There you go. That's fun. Same meaning. I'm sure people will let us know if we're wrong. I don't. It's just weird the way it all of a sudden. It's sort of like when you look at a word too much. I guess you're right. A wash pot never boils. That sounds so wrong to me. Because you're waiting for it to boil. I know. I'm not saying. It, I'm not saying conceptually it doesn't work. It just for doesn't me. sound right. Yeah, it doesn't I know. sound right. I know. Probably because you've never you haven't used it in a long time. So anyway, went in the other room. Suddenly got sucked into email. That was that. And then all of a sudden I heard this like, and it was the lid popped off the thing. Water was everywhere. The room was uh, getting a little bit hazy, smoky, and all the water had boiled out of the hard boiled eggs and I burned the actual shells and it smelled so bad. And I was so worried the fire alarm was going to go off and you weren't here. And if it had gone off, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to have to find a ladder to get up high enough to turn it off. But anyway, Problem solved. I just closed the the kitchen door and opened all the windows. Yeah, but the apartment did not smell good. It did smell really bad. Mm. Well, that's what you get when you eat hard boiled eggs. A stinky stinky wife. (laughs) All right. Well, this has been an unconventional show to say. Stinky wife, stinky life. Isn't that what they say? (laughs) I think Jay Moore has that tattoo on his uh, arm. Um, He has, doesn't he? He has a. Happy wife, happy life. He has that tattoo. I think he does. I could be wrong. I love Jay Moore and I love his wife, Nikki Cox. And Did I want she her tattoo to... it on him. No, <laughs> no. And I want her to come on my show at some point. Yeah. She's great. Yes. And he's great. Um, all right. So as I was saying, this has been an unconventional show. Yes. Do you feel okay about it? I, like I said, anytime I talk yeah. about some of this stuff, I feel uncomfortable. I just don't. Uh, for me, I mean, I worry about you, but... Who cares anymore about this? I know. Stuff. I'm also. Ti- I'm. All, I'm tired of being hemmed into a certain. I'm tired of being afraid. Yeah. I'm tired of not saying the truth because I'm worried about what could happen. Right. And you know, I just like I said, my integrity was called into question. So I do feel like I just want to set the record straight on uh, regarding yeah. that stuff and then move on. Yeah, and I think that I think for me, it's like, well, once we put out put this out there. Who knows? Are they going to retaliate? Is there going to be some shitty thing that happens that we have to... But you're the type of person I know who just, um, you know, you have a need inside of you to um, be open and honest. And so to have this as something you couldn't talk about was kind of eating you up. Yes. You know, especially when, you know, there is a steady stream of people saying shitty things about you based on well people believing what was said based on something that is False. not true right. you know and you can't set the record straight it, it's hard so yeah you know finally here we are giving in but i don't think i just think it's setting the record straight yeah i don't think it's any big deal all right excellent um 
If you're going to buy something on Amazon, click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It does help out the show. And I want to thank you guys so much for all the Amazon support, especially in this weird transitional time as we're getting the studio up and running. And it means so much to me. And also, there's PayPal links on my website, alisonrosen.com on the right side. And thank you so much for all the PayPal support. Um, We have a ringtone available. Here it comes. Get ready. Here it is. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. You can get that by searching Hey Go Fuck Yourself in the iTunes store on your iPhone. Searching Hey Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. We have two special bonus episodes available recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. First one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. Next one with Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa, and much of the aforementioned Departed Thursday gang. Those are $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. You can email us, A-R-I-Y-M-B-F show at gmail.com. You can follow Daniel at Daniel Quantz, Q-U-A-N-T-Z. And uh, you're on Instagram as well. I'm on Instagram yes. as well, too. And uh, I love you guys. If you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Alison Rosen is your new best friend That's right, that's right Those good times don't seem to end That's right, that's right Alison Rosen is your new best friend Show.